Hi, my name is Dr. Richard Mills, and you are listening to Talk Sex with Dick. Today's episode, we will be going deep into the internal of people's sexual desires and interests. Over the past couple of months, I've asked writers to write in about their experiences, questions, concerns, and anything related to sex, sexuality, and any questions that they may have. One of the things that we should know is that nothing is quote-unquote normal, but each person's experiences are different. I created this podcast because I am a sex therapist here in New York City. I, my office is located in the Iris Kaplan Center uh, on 5th and 30th Avenue. And uh, I see many, many individuals who come in with numerous things. And I think it's important. Uh, they come in with numerous concerns. And I think it's important to answer some of these questions. For confidentiality, I will be changing the names of the individuals who have written in. The first individual says, my boyfriend and I have been together for about six months. Everything appears to be going well. In fact, he checks all the boxes with exception to one thing. He's told me that he likes golden showers. I consider myself a very adventurous person, but this seems a bit out of my comfort zone. He's talked about how in the past relationships, this was quote unquote normal, but I don't know what to do. While I love him, I think this might be a deal breaker. Sincerely confused in Toledo. Confused in Toledo? It does seem like you're in a bit of a predicament. But one thing that we know is that sexual expression is uh, different for each person. If you're listening and you don't know, uh, what uh, Confused in Toledo has presented is golden showers. And let's provide a little bit of education about that. Uh, golden showers is where people like they become sexually aroused by having either somebody urinate on them or urinating on someone else. And while this may seem extreme, one of the things that we know is that it's generally, it's a pretty safe practice. Now, one of the things I think that is most important is that you are communicating with your significant other with your boyfriend now just because he's indicated and he said that i really enjoy this and i've practiced this doesn't mean that he necessarily wants to practice it now or that he wants to practice this uh in the future and i think one of the things that's really important is communication so often i see people come into my office and they really struggle with communicating sexual needs and desires. And while some things can seem really strange, it doesn't mean that 
just because one person flavors something specific like some people like leather some people like lace some people like flogging some people like spanking i mean it really we really have to develop a conversation around this one of the things i think is really really important is that you come in with an open heart and just to have that conversation and if you're not comfortable that's that's okay. It's well, he has or they have their desire, um, and they may want to explore this with you. It doesn't mean that you have to explore that. I think it's it could help. And one of the things I do with my clients when they're kind of struggling and trying to operate through things in their life, and also things, conversations around sex, is to really just go into it and create what's called a menu. And so in the menu, you're going to create the red, yellow, and green. Green are things that you really like. I want you to think about the things that you really, really like sexually. Yellows are things that you could or could not, they don't really arouse you, but they might not, you know, it just depends on who you are and what you like. And you might say, this isn't something that's a quote unquote a deal breaker, but this is something that doesn't really arouse me. And then also one uh, the red, which is the zone of... This is something that I will not compromise on. And I think, uh, confused in Toledo, if you ask your boyfriend and talk to them about what's going on and kind of your concerns, you know, it can be a really growing experience in your relationship. The number one thing I tell everybody is that communication is key. The next individual that writes in says, I've been with my boyfriend for a couple of years now. About a year into our relationship, this progressed and we moved in together. We've even talked about one day getting married, but there's only one problem. Shortly after moving in together, I noticed that well in the middle of intercourse, he loses his erection. It seems like regardless of what we're trying to do to fix this, it only seems to get worse. Now we just avoid sex altogether. I'm at the end of my rope and don't know what to do. Feeling unsexy in L.A. L.A., this is a common problem and that happens for a lot of men and we're seeing it more and more and that's why companies like Hems, Roman, they're really offering pills for guys that are in their 20s and 30s. It doesn't indicate, you didn't indicate how old your boyfriend is. But what I would do before having any kind of breaking things off or just first we want to take a deep breath one thing that is important is that this could be a real place of shame for him and we really want to take that and dial that back because if you're feeling frustrated in the process we first it's really important to think about how he might be frustrated in the process 
When guys experience sexual dysfunction, it can be very overwhelming. And I say that because I see so many men in my office who are struggling, young guys, and they'll say, I went to my doctor and they prescribed me a pill, but I don't know what to do. If we look further into what's going on here, it sounds like there was a deep shift and a change that occurred. Specifically, you had mentioned that there was a change and that you guys started living together. And that can be something very, very specific to look at. Oftentimes, what I see when I'm working with guys who are struggling with sexual dysfunction, one of the things I will notice is anxiety has taken control. I'll first ask about their masturbation practices, and they'll say, yes, I can masturbate perfectly fine. But then when they get into intercourse, there's something specific that happens. They're no longer in their body but they're now in their mind. And so these thoughts are, I'm losing my erection, I'm going to lose my erection. And what we know is if you are saying, I am going to lose my erection, then you're going to lose your erection. So I would really encourage you, first, first and foremost, we have to make sure something medically isn't happening, going to see a urologist can be really helpful in helping you to understand and to for him to understand what's going on. I would say uh, feeling unsexy in LA to this individual that it's not really about you. You might feel that, and a lot of times when I do couples work, and specifically I'm dealing with couples who are dealing with issues around either rapid ejaculation or I'm dealing with issues around um, around erectile dysfunction, it's nine times out of ten the person is holding on to this energy in their body. So I would encourage you to find somebody who is a uh, that is trained as a sex therapist. Uh, first, go to a urologist, and they can give you some information. They may pre- they're most likely going to prescribe. Um, Cialis or Viagra. Uh, what we know is that Viagra is you kind of take it before um, 30 to 40 minutes before intercourse, and um, Cialis is a drug that you can take um, that's sort of a long lasting all day drug, and it's we call it the single man's drug. If there isn't a medical issue going on in nine times out of the ten, what I see is that it's not an issue that is a medical issue, but it's really a bigger issue. The number one thing, as I said to the last caller, is uh, communication is the number one thing. Oftentimes we think about sex as being this thing that is so uncontrollable. And it, it just can feel so overwhelming. And oftentimes the partners of the individual who's experiencing the symptoms will feel like they are in this place 
of feeling rejected. And what I would say to you is that it's not really about you. There's something bigger going on. And I would encourage you to encourage your boyfriend as you're going through this difficult time to really just be a support to them and to really identify what was it that was happening. Because when I ask guys, they'll say, I'll say, I'll do an assessment. And one of the things I will inquire about is their masturbation practices. And they'll say, I masturbate just fine. The thing is, is when individuals are watching pornography, what we see is that you're really an inactive participant. And so that means that you can turn off the screen at any time. You can shut off the button at any time. It's really just important that we that you work with your partner to allow them. Oftentimes what I see is these, the guys that I'm working with really are struggling with their like cars. They have to get warmed up before we take it. They take it out for a drive. I'll, you know, use an analogy when I'm sitting with my, um, with my, the men that come into my office and I'll say, Tell me about that experience. Tell me about what was happening. And as we walk through it, nine times out of ten, it's they are getting an erection before sex. They're feeling really hot and aroused, but they are not fully at that place. So I would encourage you. There, it's like a car. It's in the car analogy as as if we went out, and we were living in little old Indiana, where I'm originally from. And in the winter, I often ask them, "Do you go out and just drive your car immediately after turning it on and sub below zero weather?" And they'll say no, and I'll say why, and they will say because it's bad for the car it needs to warm up so again i want you to rethink about your sexual experience it's really not it has nothing to do so often we're so contemplative on intercourse when in reality we can be present and we can know what is going on to be in tune with ourselves and so often I see individuals and couples, they'll be, they think they know what their partner is experiencing. But when I ask about their, when I do an assessment and I ask them about things like, does your partner masturbate? They'll say, I don't know. What does your partner enjoy? And they'll say, I don't know. The number one thing is to really for us to become refocused on our experiences, to really understand that we are the ones that are in control. But the most important thing is, is we have to let our voice be heard. Sex is so much more than sticking your penis inside of an orifice or it can be multiple things. And oftentimes, if you're in this situation, the reason there's this chemical that goes off in our brain when we meet somebody, and I'll deal with this when I'm dealing with couples, and I'll ask them, and they'll come in because they have issues like 
they're struggling because they've lost that spark. And I will ask them, I'll say, what was it like when you started with your partner? What was it like when you first met? And they'll say, oh, we, uh, I'll say, when did, how often did you have sex? We had sex all the time. One of the things is is there's this chemical that is released in our brain. And what it does is it allows us to really experience. It's like this dopamine that's released in our body. And that's what makes sex so exciting. It's like a new car when we get a new car. Or it's like when we get a cell phone. For the first, you know, couple days, we're so infatuated, we treat it in a certain way. But then after a while, it loses that, it loses that shine. And I would encourage anybody that is experiencing needing to bring spark back into the relationship to understand that all relationships are different. And that first and foremost, it's how do you bring back that spark into your relationship? We have one more, uh, somebody from Manhattan uh, wrote in. They said, I recently started dating this guy. He is amazing, with exception to one small thing. On our fourth date, he disclosed that he was HIV positive. I like everything about him, but just don't know what to do. I don't want to be rude or judgmental, but I don't know if I can date someone who is positive, negative, in Manhattan. I take a deep breath here because the world is so much different and we still have a stigma about HIV. Living in New York, it's a little bit different, but if you go to other parts of the world or other parts of the United States, the knowledge about HIV is very different. For this individual, for negative in Manhattan, to understand that HIV is just an aspect of somebody's life. It doesn't doesn't mean anything other than they had contracted something. It's uh, no different than having a cold sore. It's no different than somebody who's has another condition. If we look, there's so many resources out there. And there, the stigma that is still out there is that HIV is something that people will not truly understand or to drop that that notion there's almost a shaming that we experience in our culture for those who are HIV positive and for this individual I would say he sounds like a really amazing guy he did not have to disclose to you anything 
and I would encourage you to rethink your position. Uh, Truvada is an amazing drug that individuals use to um, prevent contracting HIV. Uh, it's very effective. Um, there's multiple groups online. Uh, there's educational groups for PrEP. But also the New York State Department of Health just came out with a study that basically says that HIV, if undetectable and if taken care of, is not transmittable. And that's pretty amazing. You know, as we look at shows like... Uh, pose uh that's on fx right now there's really uh, my heart just gets a little broken for those people in that time and i look at the i just look and to see like how many lives were taken as a result of this virus there's a lot of shame that we associate with HIV. And one of those shames are is that, uh, and I've heard these arguments when I lived in little old Indiana, is that people deserve this because of their behavior. So, so sad to think that people still hold those narratives about HIV. We really need to identify what it is. Because a lot of times we will subconsciously know, and so often I would see this, and I see this in queer culture, is that, you know, you'll see a lot of gay men, especially if you look on things like Grindr, Scruff, They'll say, they use the word clean. What does it mean to be clean? There's such negative messaging that is happening in our culture that we still really need to understand where, where we are with this. It's really important, you know. Uh, I see a lot of couples in my office where one person is HIV positive and the other person is not HIV positive. And it's because they had a conversation about it. They've talked about it. I'm not saying that you should put yourself at risk, but to know that the risk... If you're allowing this thing, it's much deeper. There's something so much deeper here. And I'm sure you're not the only one who has experienced this. We really need to focus on releasing the judgment. All these things, the stigma that is present. And you see it, it's, it's very prevalent in our culture. And it's almost like we live in this messaging and we really have to break down the stigma to engage in safer sex practices you know um, if you're you really like this guy I would really ask you to reconsider what, what it is that's happening for you there's something much deeper well, there's this fear of 
contracting HIV, there's bigger things to be concerned about. What if you're, let me put out a scenario, what if you were in a relationship with somebody and they weren't HIV positive or, and you found out, as we know, monogamy is relationships. A lot of times we're hearing more about people opening up their relationships and you guys weren't having that conversation and they weren't getting tested because you assumed that they were monogamous and then you find out as you do go get tested that you've contracted HIV this is something we really need to think about all the listeners out there you know when I was in college I was dating this guy and one of my friends um, it was the first person that I had ever been exposed to uh, that had become HIV positive. You know, when I was in college, uh, we had just started doing the rapid test. And I remember this individual came over to my, to my house and, and the guy that I was dating at the time uh, went and uh, picked up the cup that my friend who had been diagnosed with HIV he had said, um, we need to wash all of the dishes, anything that that individual had touched. And, you know, knowing that you cannot contract HIV by just drinking after someone, I remember picking up that cup and taking a drink out of it. We really need, there's so much stigma that is associated with HIV, with AIDS. You know, it's, as we look, we don't even know people used to die. And we've turned it into this, this conversation when we weren't there. You know, we also, we shouldn't assume just because somebody contracted HIV that they, that they were engaged in risky behavior. And what if they were? In my office, one of the things that I talk about is, is there is no shame. Shame is something that our parents teach us. It's really important that we understand that we need to create and get educated about the things that are happening in our world. I would encourage you, Negative in Manhattan, to really think about to first educate yourself. I'm assuming that you would probably, if you've had sexual intercourse, at some point, you probably already had sex with somebody who is HIV positive. They may or may not have known about it. This individual has come to you because they care about you. And it sounds like it may have taken them 
a lot to come out and to say to you how they were feeling. It can be very, it could, I am, can only imagine what that must feel like for an individual realizing that at the other end of that conversation, they realize that they could be facing this experience of rejection. So, number one, make sure that you're going to get tested. Number two, if, to prevent HIV, especially if you're at high risk, and I think in the gay community, we're doing a much better job and we're seeing the risk lower because we're having conversations about it, you know, Generally, what you'll see is, especially if people are meeting on places like Scruff or Grinder, generally people are pretty open about their HIV status. Uh, with men, we uh, generally first, it's just, it's, uh, are you a bottom or a top? Are you versatile, right? Uh, and then we go out on a date, which is really a uh, just a... Uh, an introduction and then we go have sex and then after we have sex then we get to know the individual we really need to change the narrative become educated and to understand that just because somebody is HIV positive does not mean that they cannot be loved it almost baffles me in 2019 that we are continuing to have conversations about HIV. Number one, education is key. Two, or two, one. Two is make sure you're going to get tested. Education, there's Truvada out there. Talk to your local provider. If you need information for a local provider in New York who is queer-friendly, I have a doctor. Uh, his name is Dr. Baltrup Bastardum. He is a great doctor. You can go in and see him. I used to see him. And he is an amazing provider. Number three is communication. We really need to be communicating with one another. And I would encourage if you are writer, if you are having this fear, to just have that conversation with them. Because they've probably already had this conversation in the past. So today, we have heard from some listeners, and uh, we have found ourselves asking these questions. The number one theme that keeps coming up is communication. I would encourage you, if, you, if this is you and you are kind of have a burning question about relationships, about anything, please feel free to write in to the link below. You can also uh, contact me on Instagram at Lake Rising Therapy. Lake L A I K E Rising Therapy. 
And uh, feel free to send me a message, and uh, we will continue to answer these questions. Again, it's been a wonderful afternoon or evening or wherever you're tuning in. Uh, in whatever part of the world you're tuning in. Uh, again, I'm here on the the uh, 11th floor of the Iris Kaplan Center. We are a integrative center here. We have yoga, Thai massage. We have an herbalist. I'm excited for all. We're gonna. I'm gonna be doing some interviews with some people talking about issues related around sexual health, how different practices can be used. I am very excited to be here and also just to be able to have access to such wonderful minds um all right well again if you have a question feel free to send me a email or send me a uh, send me a uh, message on the old instagram at lake rising therapy again thank you for tuning in to talk sex with tech you have a good day and i will talk to you later